What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review and nerd news podcast. That's right, it's time for the flagship 3FN podcast. This week, we will be reviewing the new movie Amsterdam. And of course, we'll be talking nerd news and Diesel's movie triple stuff in the first half of the show. But before we go any further, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am your host, Rich, and the nerds are all here. Let's start off with the first one. This weekend, and I'm kind of mad at him about this. He didn't tell me he was going to be in NYC at the same time I was, but this weekend he was part of Ice T's Entourage. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you, Ron. Hey, I got to keep some secrets to myself, man. Did you at least ask him about surviving the game? Yes, because that's one of my favorite movies of his. I, I, absolutely. It's one of mine, too. I, I, I often joked, and I didn't do it. I wish I would have. Then when I saw him, I was going to yell, yo, Ice-T was the bomb in surviving the game, yo. <laughs> uh, Shout-outs. Uh, that brings us to our other nerd. He's the man that doesn't need an introduction, yet he has the longest introduction in all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Sal, hashtag Challenge Accepted, hashtag Rain Man, hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang, and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth. And the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger-bearded feller. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you Diesel. What's going on, my nerds? There it is, man. No no elaborate there? Uh, no, not today. It's, it's just been a series of failure after failure after failure and heartbreak after heartbreak. It's been a rough week. <laughs> well, I guess we'll start with Diesel this time. Diesel, how's your week been? Uh, it, it's, been a, it's been a stressful week. Um, I, I can't get into it here. I'm sorry. Uh, if you were here Saturday, you probably saw how pissed off I was all day. By the way, here would be DMG in uh, Upper Front Street, yes. It, it was a very taxing weekend. Um, plus, it started with Friday. You know, weather's getting colder. I need to get some new jeans. Burlington's finally closed up shop. They officially closed on Sunday at the mall location. So, went but in there. Did they not open a vessel yet? Not yet. So, I went into the mall thinking I had a little bit longer. I didn't realize it was this Sunday. And they're like, oh, pretty much everything's gone, dude. Okay, no problem. Walk in, they have six racks left. That's it. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go try to see if I can find the fat guy section of JCPenney, the fabled section. <laughs> I, I, I know exactly where it is. I, I finally found it after about 35 minutes of looking. Really? It's right. Literally, you walk straight and then you make a right. Yep. Um, so <laughs> I took a left. <laughs> when you're walking straight, you got the kids section here. You got the like outside wear right here. And it's not clearly labeled, but right on the other side of that is the fat guy section. And I found it, but... It says big and tall with the giant signs. I'm just throwing it <laughs> out there. Diesel. They are obstructed by view as you're going down that walkway. If you're coming around the other way, you will find it. I will give you that. Uh, also, I will, I'm going to give you a little bit of uh, a heads up. You can actually find fat guy stuff in the clearance section. Uh, men's clearance section is in the back oh, yep. corner. Oh, I know. But you can, you can search in there, and you can actually find big guy stuff there. Not not, not my day for that. <laughs> yeah, some some days yeah. you get lucky sometimes with what they have. Yeah. Uh, I've bought some really nice shirts there. I've got shirts there, but... Um, I bought I, my jeans there. I actually bought a new pair of jeans there before I went to Comic-Con. Yep. So I got that, but it was just like, ah, uh, now, now if I got to go get fat guy shit at, you know, falling off the truck at Burlington... I gotta drive up to Vessel now. Fuck that nonsense. It's not that much farther than where you have to go. It's like literally like five miles. If yeah, that. no. I'm and not. you're in a car, so it's actually <laughs> if on a good traffic day, it's like five minutes. Yeah, more. Yeah. 
Because you're not going to walk there. Oh, yeah, no. I'm, I'm just a man of habit. I, I like to sneak into the back of the mall, go there, walk right in, and walk right out. He likes to he sneak likes- in the back door and sneak around and do you some fucking beat me to it. <laughs> you beat me to it, Ron, damn it. But did that, then, yeah, I was only going to be here at Dragon Master for a couple hours, have a figure, have an early night. Wound up not leaving here till 10 p.m. That's a whole story, which led into Saturday working during the 2K. And yeah, it was it was a rough day. Yesterday wasn't so bad, but Saturday was a testing day. <laughs> I got you, I got you, Ron. How has been your week? Uh, week was all right. Can't complain too much. Uh, had dog sitting duties on one of the days because my sister and brother in law were out of town. My nephew was working. Our, you know, other than that, work was work. Uh, our Wednesday group met. We're still working through, you know, the campaign. Nothing major happened this week. Um, <clears throat> kind of side barred the conversation with the new one D&D that they're going to be releasing here and what they're playtesting and how it sounds like crap and we're kind of upset about it but that's besides the point when that starts hitting you know I'll talk a little bit more about that probably at some point in time but right now it's all just playtesting stuff so it's not all official yet so why speculate on something that's not going to happen um other than that you know yesterday I went and met up with my sister and brother-in-law and my niece to get some chicken wings watch some football because I'm like hell I want some chicken wings and they just got back from their trip and just you know things you know conversation with my niece I'm like well <laughs> you know what sweetheart <laughs> you're right you do deserve better that's all I'm gonna say <laughs> but that's about it ah well I spent five wonderful days in uh, New York City with our good friend Ken M over at the ODPH we we're at uh, New York Comic Con we'll talk about that during the nerd news a little bit uh, more but yeah I was down there had a good time ate some Shake Shack had some Chick Fil A, you know. You got to you got to have the, the 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 staples, the staples, if you will. But yeah, it was a good week. It was a good weekend, and I uh, hope everybody who's listening also had a good week or weekend. Or you know, if you didn't, hopefully this week will be better for you. Uh, before we go any further, though, we are going to give you a little bit of information about how to find the 3FN Podcast, and it's simple. You just go to 3FNPodcast.com, and all of our information is there. All of the social media links are at 3FNPodcast.com. Also, the Patreon link, patreon.com slash 3FNPodcast. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content, plus you help support the show. That link is on the website. Also on the website is the link to the T Public Store. Go buy some swag. It does help us out a little bit, but we also like to see that nerd wear in the wild. While you're there, also check out the uh, music directory where you can find the great bands who allow us to use their music on the show, including the band that you hear do the theme song for the show every week. It's called Fail Better, and it's by our good friends. Shout at the Robots. Uh, Make sure you're following them and the other bands, and give them a listen on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. There's also a Friends of the Show link, which will take you over to our good friends over at the Ocho Duro Parley Hour podcast and their website. Plus, there's a player on there for 3FN Podcast, for 607TWS, the wrestling show, and, of course, ODPH as well. And then we have our local sponsorship page. And uh, they are the ones that help us bring you these shows every week, commercial-free. So we're going to give them a quick shout-out right now. First of all, the people who provide us with the 8122 Production Studios, Dragon Master Games. For all your Magic the Gathering gaming needs, visit them online at dragonmastergames.com. Also, Rex to Rods Auto Detailing. If you're in the 607 and you're ready to put the pride back into your ride, go ahead and give them a call. Diesel, what's the number? 607-644-3389. He's botching all over the place <laughs> over here. And of course, tell them the 3FN Podcast sent you. 
And last but certainly not least, our good friends over at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. Uh, that event doesn't go down until August 26th and 27th of 2023. However, if you want to stay up to date on all the announcements, make sure you're hitting them up on their website, scifihorrorfest.com. Also, the first on t sale tickets are weekend passes, and there's going to be a special sale from October 28th till October 31st at midnight, and uh, you will be able to buy weekend passes for only $20. That's right. They're going to be more expensive. This is going to be the cheapest way to buy a pass for Sci-Fi Horror Fest. That sale only lasts from October 28th till October 31st. Make sure, if uh, you're interested, that you hit them up at scifihorrorfest.com. That's right. I almost hit the warning track because I had that little extra bit to say. But it's always a good week. All right, gentlemen, are you ready to get down to business? Because we have some things to talk about. So with that, I think it's time for this week's... Edition of The Nerd News. Bing, bang, boom. Bing, bang, boom. He didn't mess it up that time. He almost messed, he messed up the number that he says every week, but not that, folks. So eh, he's in and out. He's in and out. You know what's not in and out anymore? We got some big, big, big news this week, and it did come out of New York Comic Con. It's not going to be part of my New York Comic Con report, but finally, we got to see the first teaser trailer for the upcoming Super Mario Brothers movie starring Chris Pratt and also Jack Black, and Jack Black also made an appearance at that panel where they showed the teaser trailer for the first time and then they released it into the wild. We've all had a chance to see the trailer. Now I want to hear your opinions on the first teaser trailer for Super Mario Brothers, starting with Ron. I'm fine with it. It's, it is what it is. I mean, it's better than the live action movie that they tried, so at least we're not trying that. True. So, I mean, Jack Black's going to take this movie all away. I think it's going to be on the back of Bowser's shoulders on this one because just his voice just is like amazing bowser to me personally so we'll see how it goes all right diesel yeah i thought the trailer was really cute um it makes me want to go see it it's not like you know like the sonic the first Sonic trailer where you know it had creepy eyes and all that <laughs> this one looks entertaining the trailer had me laughing and then we got the mario reveal <laughs> yes yes uh the, the mario reveal and everybody is talking about that Mario reveal because it wasn't uh, stereotypical Italian-American enough for everybody, I guess. It's the me, Mario. <laughs> and as and as a and as a Italian-American, I got to say, why is it all right that, that my people get to be, you know, made fun of in the in the stereotypical way? I have never heard any of my 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 uncles, cousins, anybody say it's a me, Mario. Never have it happen once. Now, if they really want to do some shit, they need to hire the voice. They need to hire as voice actors the people from The Sopranos because that's how my family actually talks. True story. Big pussy voicing Mario. That's right. <laughs> Give me big pussy as the voice of Mario because that's that's you know. Hey, forget it. You know what? I'll, I'll go a step further. I know he's Cuban, but he does a, he, he sounds like an Italian American. Give me uh, Joey Coco Diaz <laughs> as Mario, because that's 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 how it sounds. Because Mario would be calling everybody a cocksucker by the end of uh, the first sentence. He'd walk up to he'd walk up to Bowser and be like, "Where's my money, you cocksucker? You fucking fuck." That's 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 how it'd be. That's so don't don't stereotype us with this me Mario bullshit. No no no. Stereotype us the right way, the right the way that my family actually is. And most Italian Americans, if you live in the Northeast, you know what I'm talking about. If you got family in Jersey, you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
exposed chest, the the Saint <laughs> necklace, all that. You know, you could have done Bowser that way too, man. Oh, beautiful. I, I'd pay to see that. Shit, just hire the Jersey Shore cast and Stucky as Bowser. <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to be upset about that. By the way, announced for the cast, if you guys didn't already know, I mean, this is not something new. This has been done for a while. Chris Pratt is Mario. Charlie Day is playing Luigi. Anna Taylor-Joy is Princess Peach. Uh, Jack Black as Bowser, Seth Rogen, Donkey Kong, Keegan-Michael Key as Toad, and Kevin-Michael Richardson as Kamek, Fred uh, Armisen as Cranky Kong, and Sebastian Maniscalco is Spike. By the way, Sebastian Maniscalco should have been fucking Mario. You yeah. guys are missing out right there. I, I know how his natural accent is. Uh, and if you're waiting for the Mario movie, it does drop on April the 7th, 2023, everywhere here in the United States of America. Uh, and worldwide, I think. I, I think it's the same day. I don't think it's going to get a yeah. different release. I think it is, too. And now let's move on to some Marvel news that had nothing to do at all with uh, uh, New York Comic Con. But it was the talk of New York Comic Con because, obviously, at any big con, you're going to talk about the latest big news. And that, of course, is we have now got a director for the upcoming Avengers movie. Avengers, or well, actually, it's this, technically, it's the second Avengers movie that's upcoming. And the new thing is Avengers Secret Wars. So... Following the success of Loki and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Michael Waldron looks to be in line for another high-profile Marvel property. As sources tell Deadline, he is set to write Avengers Secret Wars for Marvel Studios. Deadline recently broke that Jeff Loveness was on board to write Avengers The Kang Dynasty. Following the news, Destin Daniel Creighton would direct Kang Dynasty for Marvel Studios. And now both films have locked up their writers. Insiders add that Secret Wars will have its own director, though. It's assumed all parties will be in touch while the films are in development. Marvel Studios president Kevin Fahey is producing. Of course, we got this information from Deadline. Uh... Are you guys excited about this listing? Because obviously he did really good work already in the Marvel Universe as the writer of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and of Loki. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, I was a fan of both of those properties that they put out and definitely very talented and tells a good story. So excited to see what he's going to do. I'm absolutely with you there, Ron. No, oh, yeah, I'm 100% so excited for this. And I was actually worried about this. I'm not going to lie at first. But now that he's attached to it, I'm sure it'll be fine. I like how they kept it in-house. Yeah. They still kept it with a, a, a younger writer who has written some great stuff uh, recently, of course, even for Marvel and uh, other things. I, I, I'm excited for this. This is a big win for all of us Marvel fans, of course, coming into the next set of ensemble films coming out in 2024. So it's really not that far away. Uh, I know we like to think of it, but it's almost 2023. So we're, we're going to be mm -hmm. knocking on that door sooner than later. As you gentlemen know, we like to have a little fun article, and we we're going to end the nerd news with me talking about some things that I saw and did at New York Comic Con. So we're going to do with the little fun article now. Are you ready for some fun? Oh, yeah. Famously spoken about in his Evening with Kevin Smith DVD back in 2002, writer, director, Rocketeer. Kevin Smith at one point shot a documentary that focused on and was produced by Prince. Yes, Prince, the singer. And like a lot of things created by the late Grammy-winning artist, it never saw the light of day. Smith recounted the entire tale of how his documentary came to be, his many headbutting moments with the artist, and how he didn't sign an NDA in his widely released Q&As. And a new interview with Smith has confirmed that his documentary will finally see the light of day in some form in the future. 
When asked by readers of The Guardian what the likelihood of the film being released is, Smith replied, very high. The director of OJ, Made in America, is making a documentary for Netflix and came to the house to interview me. When they went to the vaults after Prince died, they found so much unreleased music and so many music videos, but the only footage of him taken was what I shot. It's extraordinary. He acts differently to how he ever acted in his entire life, and he talks for hours and hours. It looks like it's finally going to see the light of day. The director, Smith, refers to his Oscar and Emmy winner, Ezra Elbman. Uh, details on the documentary itself are largely unknown, though it had previously been reported that Ava DuVernay, DuVernay sorry, would direct but later departed the project. Edelman's uh, involvement hasn't been confirmed by Netflix, so Kevin may have let this one slip. <laughs> How are you feeling about uh, a documentary on Prince, firstly? And secondly, finally getting to see the uh, long-rumored uh, myth mythological <laughs> Kevin Smith cut of Prince's life. Diesel. So, yes, I'm all in on a Prince documentary. With added bonus points that it's the stuff filmed by Kevin Smith. This, I cannot wait. I hope this happens. Uh, sucks for Kevin Smith for might have letting this out of the bag a little at a time, but... I'm excited, and I'm, I'm, I just want to watch a Prince documentary and see Kevin Smith walking in the background. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Ron! Yeah, I'm fine with it. I, I'm, I'll sit through this. I, I It'll be great to see. Kevin Smith always has something up his sleeve. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. You know, I'm a big fan of The Evening with Kevin Smith. If you've never seen them, they are a long watch, but they're highly entertaining. Yeah. Uh, this first popped up on the first Evening with Kevin Smith with a little bit of a secondary part on the second Evening with Kevin Smith. I say I can't do it justice. You have to hear it. It's probably about a forty-five minute story, and it is—it's amazing. It is epic. Yeah. It's—it's it's everything you want it to be and more. Check it out, and that makes me uh, think that I need to give another watch to the evening with Kevin yeah. Smith because uh, it's been a little bit. But check those out. The first one he ever did is on there. The full story is, and like I said, there's a little bit of a secondary catch up to that when he's asked a question in the second yeah. one. All right, that brings us to New York City. And New York Comic Con 2022. Uh, I'm going to give a little thoughts about what went down. You know, let you guys like kind of in on some stuff that's going on in the world of Marvel Comics. I, first, I want to point out, and I said this to you guys uh, during the Patreon break. I think the New York Comic Con really needs to focus, focus its marketing campaign on doing what they are. And what that is, is they are where San Diego Comic Con is to movies. New York Comic Con is to comic books. Because the two big biggest things at Comic Con, New NYCC, is cosplaying and comic books. Artist Alley is wonderful. And anybody who's been down there knows that it's gigantic and it's huge and it's one of the biggest of its kind. And, and you know, New York is where a lot of these writers are out of. So it's kind of like the hometown thing, especially for Marvel, who has their offices there. And I do believe DC still has an office there as well. It's it's just an amazing amazing time, and I think they need to really roll into that. I and not saying get rid of the secondary things like there was great news out coming out. Of course, the Winchesters and they announced Tom Welling is now part of that project. Uh, you know, we they had the evening with Jamie Lee Curtis, which was really nice. They had the Back to the Future evening, although it was a separately ticketed event on an already robust ticket price. Uh, you know, they still had that, and they and I'm not saying to get rid of those things. I'm just saying that they need to go back to focusing on it because it seems like they're trying more and more to get these grab things, and it's just not happening that way, although there's a lot of great comic book news that came out. So I think that that's the first thing that they need to take away. The second thing is New York Comic Con. When you list that you are going to be requiring people to wear masks, 
That means you have to enforce your mask policy. And I'm not uncomfortable. I want to start off by saying I'm not uncomfortable. I have been vaccinated. I have, to this day, knock on wood, is what you're hearing there, have never had COVID. Even though I have all the, you know, I've been exposed to it. I have all the comorbidities that you're supposed to be worried about. However, I've never have, and I'm knocking on wood to hopefully not. So I, I usually don't wear a mask in public, but if I'm asked to, I will. I'm just a courteous person. In that, in that aspect. I know Ken M made fun of me during uh, Comic-Con because I was making this whole thing about how Courteous should be my last name because my last name starts with a C, so it stands for Courteous. And he was like, yeah, <laughs> but I am a courteous person. So I will wear a mask. We came down. They had this thing that came out to all ticket to, to all people that are going. They said, you have to wear N95s or KN95s. They didn't want it. And then in small print, I guess, it said, well, any mask will do. But, you know, they were really trying to, and it really got weird because the masks they were handing out were just regular surgical masks. Yep. So it was weird when you're like, but you really were trying to push for KN95s and N95s or better. Okay. Duly noted. That's fine. That's cool. Let's rock. So we get there and day one, it's like 75% of people are wearing masks, 25 or 75% of people, or no, 50, 50, 50% of people were wearing masks, 50% were not. And that included staff. People who are vendors and and people who are there as guests. Yep. So when you see this, you're like, so why the fuck do I have to wear my mask if the people who work here aren't wearing their mask? So that led to a problem. And then Popverse, which is read pops like uh, magazine, like journalistic kind of a side project. They report that like, oh, people were complaining that the mask mandate wasn't enforced. So we were told that by the organizers that it's going to be way better the next day. Let's go to day two. Day two, it was like 60-40 or 65-35 with 60 to 65% of the people not wearing masks. Yep. And to the point that when we walked in, we watched people walk in, no masks, through the checks, walk right past their safety officers who were just holding out boxes of masks, but nobody ever said to put one on. Yep. We were in lines for panels where they'd be like, come on, stack it in. I see spaces. Get closer. The person in front of you, I promise, showered. But by the way, how do you, can you guarantee that? And that was literally a line that one of them told us. Yep. Make new friends. That's what we're here for. Like, no, guy. We no, shouldn't be crammed in like cattle. Yeah. But while you're doing that, how about you tell the people in line, hey, why don't you have a mask on since it was a requirement? But no, we're not going to do that. And then by day three, it was about 75% of people no mask, 25% of people with masks. Yep. And I did, wasn't there on Sunday, so I don't know how the breakdown is. And once again... I personally don't care that people weren't wearing masks. I took mine off at a, a bunch of different times. I did wear it on the busier days more because I wasn't nervous about getting sick, but there was just a lot of people. And also, you know, I'm going to say some of them did not smell the best. <laughs> Deodorant, it's a thing. By the way, there was a cosplayer walking around with a, uh, if you could afford it, Comic-Con tickets, you could afford, or if you can afford NYCC tickets, you could afford deodorant yep. sign. I thought that was fucking phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> kudos to him. Uh, but yeah, I just don't, I, I just thought it was weird that you, if you're going to make it a requirement, you have to enforce your rules. Yeah. If you're not going to enforce your rules, then take the fucking medicine you get. And to the point that there was people reaching out, the workers were reaching out to, uh, comic writers and such to say, Hey, they're not following their policy. Could you say something like it was fucking weird, man. It's weird. <laughs> but I, I bet you, if you never would have said anything and you would have said masks are optional, you yep. wouldn't have had this problem. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's what happens when you come up with that at first. And like we've been seeing it in the magic world for competitive magic with people like they announced, you know, SCG Syracuse. Mass will be required. 
at first, you know, people lost their shit. Then they're like, oh, actually for Syracuse, masks aren't required. The other group just loses their shit. You can't win either way. So just keep your mouth shut. Just don't even, yeah. just don't even acknowledge it. If you're not going to enforce it, just don't even say anything. And like I said, if you don't feel comfortable being there without a mask, I completely understand, but that's your choice not to go. It's also your choice to wear a mask or not wear a mask. That's how I look at it. But once again, if you are putting on your signs, we are requiring you to do something. That means you have to enforce it as well. So that was a big drop ball moment. I mean, they had all the drop ball moments we came into. I'm not going to go into all that. The event itself was nice. I did enjoy being around people. They had some wonderful booths this year. Uh, it looked like they were back in full force. Marvel had a gigantic area as they've had in the past. Actually, they had two different areas. So they had one for a new game called Marvel Snap that'll be coming out soon. Oh, cool. That was super cool. Uh, on top of that, there's so much cool stuff to see. Some wonderful cosplays all everywhere. Like if you if you're into cosplay, if you whether you like if you're a cosplayer or if you just like looking at cosplay, New York Comic Con's your place. Uh, and of course, comic book panels. That's the ones we mostly went to. That's what Ken's press for is is, is uh, comics. And I enjoy it because I'm a comic book fan. So I'm going to choose a comic book panel, a good one over a lot of panels. Anyways, I got to uh, I got to see a lot of cool ones, um, including we went to Marvel's next big thing, which is basically what they do. What Marvel does in Hall H for the movies is what they do at New York Comic Con for comics. And this year they even uh, uh, Nick Lowe is hosting it, who's uh, one of the editors. He's the editor on Spider Man, mm-hmm. like everything that, that, that does with Spider Man. He is funny. He's one of the uh, he's the best personality you could have host anything. And he even did up what or they did up and he announced it. We're going to borrow from our friends over on the movie side and they brought out the timeline yeah. like oh, how nice. the MCU does it. It was nice. super cool. And they basically told us where we're going with the big events in the next year. Of course, the one that they're really uh like banging home uh, starts in November, I do believe, is uh Dark Web, which is a Spider-Man X-Men crossover that looks super cool. Nice. They also uh, announced the Gold Goblin book that's coming out. Uh, Norman Osborn is now the Gold Goblin. Uh, they have a really cool first issue cover where it's, uh, I think it's an alternative color, but it's uh, the Gold Goblin, so you got, we got to see the suit on his glider, and then on the, it's a mirror because he's coming down a building, and on the other side, it's the, it looks like the old glider in the Green Goblin. Oh, nice. So it's kind of staring him back because now, of course, he had this you know change of faith and is now a good guy, Norman Osborn is. Although the Osborn family is still into some shit, Coming out of uh, last year's uh, Absolute Carnage, we had the birth of the Red Goblin briefly, where the Green Goblin got the uh, Carnage symbiote on it and became the Red Goblin. We got an announcement that the Red Goblin is getting its own book, but it's not Norman Osborn. So we're going to find out. There's going to be a new Red Goblin, and that's going to lead into another big event coming up in the summer, because in the summertime, we're getting... The Summer of Symbiotes. Yes. And it's going to be the Red Goblin, Carnage, and Venom. And it looks pretty fucking awesome where they're sure. going with that. Dark Web looks awesome. Also, we uh, went to a panel for this, and they announced it there to a big fanfare. We're going to get Captain um, uh, Captain America Cold War. Okay. So, basically, what's going to be happening with this movie, or with the, sorry, movie, comic book series, is right now there's two different Captain America books. There's the one where uh, Sam Wilson is Captain America, and then there's the book where uh, Steve Rogers is Captain America, because they're both Captain America at the same time. Bucky is part of the Captain uh, America, the Steve Rogers book. They are allowing the writers to change Bucky for the first time ever. That is a no, that's usually been a no-go. And he's got a new costume, 
That's we didn't get to hear about his new attitude, but he's got a new costume. It looks super cool, Sweet. and they're doing a great crossover. It's going to be a really big event for those interested. That also involves the White Wolf, uh, nice. the original White Wolf, not the one from the MCU, but the comic book White Wolf, the brother of uh, T'Challa, uh, the adopted brother, I should say, yeah. of T'Challa. Uh, so that's going to be kind of interesting because Wakanda is involved and it's, it's a whole thing and I, I'm very interested to see where they go with it. Uh, they also in, uh, announced the fall of X. Yes. But they couldn't talk too much about it. And the only thing that Jerry Dugan, who writes the X-Men, could say is because uh, they basically were like, he can't speak much, but there's a little something we were, we were allowed to say that you prepared. So he basically said that the X-Men have been winning for too long now. You knew the other shoe had to drop. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we don't know what that means, but the fall of X is coming in the in the end of summer, fall. So good. There's so much cool stuff coming out from Marvel Comics if you're a comic book reader. I know that Ken went to the DC, uh, what's coming up at DC. They're doing some really cool Batman stuff that's coming out, so keep your eye on that. And they're also reshuffling Superman. The Superman books are getting reshuffled, including doing adventure comics for the first time in decades. Nice. So we're going we're gonna to see some real reshuffling, and they're all going to connect. They're going to do the triangle, you know, so all the books connect together. Uh, so I thought that that was a kind of interesting coming out of DC Comics. Of course, if you want to hear a bigger comic uh, coverage, please check out the ODPH podcast. I know Ken's gonna is gushing about the Superman stuff. I'm not as big of a Superman fan, so I'm kind of uh, you know you know my argument much. on Superman. Yes, it's just kind of mine as well. But I, I did enjoy. I'm a big Marvel comics guy, and I'm a big Scott Snyder fan. So we got yeah. to hear all about uh, uh, the Book of Evil, which is Scott Snyder's newest book to Comicsology. It's out now on Comicsology. If you have Unlimited, you can read it now. The first issue is already out. It's very good. It's kind of cool. He's doing that with Jack. They've got some really cool stuff going on on Comixology as well. So check out Comixology. Check out the comics. If you're a comic book fan, there's a lot of exciting news coming out of New York Comic Con. And all of it's pretty, it, it, like I said, it blew my mind how much great news is coming out. There's, little, there's even stuff for the, the young kids. They're doing new uh, series and uh, for young kids, and it's pretty awesome. Cannot wait to see more. Uh, as the year come, I can't see where these books come. I mean, we are we got a ver- we got a alternate New York Comic Con exclusive alternate cover for the new X Men book before the X Men book came out. Nice. So I actually have it in my possession an X Men book that doesn't come out for another week or so. Oh, that's that's cool. awesome! <laughs> and it's got an exclusive cover, so that's pretty awesome. And also, they gave away uh, some other. They, they give away some much great stuff. Like it's really a good time if everybody you know wants to go. It, you should actually make a pilgrimage if you're a nerd. If you live on the East Coast, if you live on the West Coast, I say go to San Diego. One day I'll make it to San Diego Comic Con. One day, folks. Uh, until then, I have New York, and it's always a good time. Like I said, I didn't have any issues. I know that there were some issues reported, but I didn't have any issues as far as the actual event itself. I enjoyed everything I went to. I got to meet up with some people that I haven't seen in a while. I got to meet up with people who I didn't even know were going to be at Comic-Con. So it was really cool nice. as well. So shout out to everybody. And made some new friends along the way. Uh, we got to go see a screener uh, on Wednesday of the brand new Mortal Kombat Legends uh, Snowblind, which is now out now on digital. Everywhere else in the next week or so is going to be physical copies, but it is out now on digital. Uh, without spoiling it, I will say this. It is enjoyable, it was entertaining, and it was bloody. I don't think it's like on the nerd scale. If you're a Mortal Kombat fan, I would say it's like uh, getting towards a four. If you're not a Mortal Kombat fan and you just end up seeing it, it's a three on the nerd scale. So, you know, it's, it's, it's depending upon your fandom is how excited you should be. I would definitely check it out for your fan, though. Uh, there is, I'll say, the, the second act of the movie is kind of drawn out. It is, it's full of story, and the story is important, but it's kind of boring, in my opinion, because they open up hot, lots of blood in it, 
and then you get to the the end fight scenes and you're like holy the third act is crazy the third act is phenomenal so you gotta there's a little area in the middle you gotta fight it through but overall i i would i would give my thumbs up approval for mortal kombat legend snowblind if you want to check it out and then also we got to go to the uh, me and uh, ken m we're invited to the fandom paramount plus Teen Wolf movie party. Woo woo. Uh, Fandom did an awesome job. Uh, they had this uh, HK Hall. We were in Hell's Kitchen, of course, so yeah. HK Hall. And uh, it looked amazing. They set it up well. There's a selfie booth. There's a lot of pictures I put up. There's more pictures I'm going to be putting up uh, across social media. Uh, Ice T was there. He was the host. Ice T and Coco were the hosts. Uh, so we got to see Ice T in person. Got to, you know, say hello. But the best part is Ice T performed. So there's some footage of that. I got more going up that is really, really cool. On top of uh, Ice-T performing, we also got to see Cool Keith perform. It was also Cool Keith's birthday. It was a good time. We're, we're had by all. Thanks to Fandom for inviting us. Can't say enough good. They rolled out the red carpet. Their CEO was there. And we didn't even know it was the CEO at the time because he was in Star Trek cosplay. Oh, he, nice. was, he was dressed up as Star Trek cosplay. He was on, But he wasn't up top of the VIPs. He was down on the level with us, dancing and having a good time. We didn't even know that man was a CEO. Nice. <laughs> awesome. I wish I did because I would have shaken his hand and thanked him for the party because it was tremendous. Tremendous. Great job by the PR firms involved with it as well and uh, everybody that worked with it. So, so that's that's about it that I got for New York Comic Con. Once again, I'm looking forward to next year. And next year it's coming later. It's like the 12th through the 15th or something like that. So usually I do it the first week of October. That's the second week of October, if my math is correct. So that's kind of weird that because uh, we already got the notification uh, when it was going to be. So it's really weird that it's so late. Yeah. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, it's always a good time and uh, had a great time with Ken M. We, we did a lot of cool things in New York City. That's going to do it for this week's edition of the Nerd News. But you know, when the Nerd News ends, we kick it right on over to... Let's all go to the lobby. Welcome back to Diesel's Movie Triple Stuff. Oh, we got a pretty exciting box office for this week, but we're going to have an honorable mention to number eight, Terrifier 2, with a 1.2 domestic opening weekend. Uh, I think with the, the preview nights and all that, it actually hit $2 million. Yes, and it's pretty awesome because it was shown on very few screens and only one showing a night where it was. It's still carrying a very high Rotten Tomatoes yep. score as well. I'm hearing a lot of good things. Uh, to our good friend David Howard Thornton, congratulations on Art the Clown becoming a fucking horror icon. <laughs> and uh, I, my hat's off to him. Uh, maybe next time we'll get an even wider release because it was shocking that it was going to get a, a release this time. Yep. Here we are. Making tons of money over there, so the whole team over at Terrifier 2, congratulations, you definitely deserve it. Yep. All right, back to the top five, though. Don't Worry Darling comes in at number five with $3.5 million. Another $3.5 million worth of disappointment. Or as those poor girls said, what a shit show. <laughs> uh, number four this week, The Woman King with $5.3 million. Very good movie. I'm surprised it's not uh, boosting up a little more. Uh, debuting this week. With $6.5 million is the movie we'll be talking about shortly, Amsterdam. That's right. It's the 3FN Movie Club review that Ron and Diesel will tell you about. And I'll be part of it, but I, I did not get to see the movie because in New York City, they were not showing it much. It sucks that it's only three. Yeah. Uh, also debuting this week, Lyle Lyle Crocodile with $11.5 million. Hey, that was going to get all that kid money then. Yeah, that musical. Family, you know, families loved yeah. it. I know that there's a lot of people excited about it. I've heard good things. Well, you know, it makes the kids smile. You know what also makes kids smile? 
the number one movie, Smile, $17.6 million. Nice. <laughs> Dude, Smile's making the monies. Uh, I'm going to actually try to get a bonus uh, review of Smile out because myself and uh, Ronald went to see that movie. Yeah. And uh, my kid also went to see it. Uh, we enjoyed it. I, nice. I, think, I, think, I think Ron also enjoyed no, it. I enjoyed it. I didn't want to give too much away on it because I was afraid of one thing, but I'll tell you later. Yeah, but I, I will put it this way. I'll... Even ahead of us doing a, re- a special review for it, I'll give you the thumbs up yeah, recommendation to definitely. see it. Unless you're squeamish. Because <laughs> if you're like Diesel, you shan't be watching this film or you shouldn't be watching this film. Because, uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty, uh, it's pretty, it's get you. It gets you. Yeah, yeah. It'll get you. Yeah, it, yeah. It's very, it makes you very uneasy, if yeah. you will. All right. Coming out this week, we have a couple big movies coming out. Uh, Till debuts this week. You know, I really think that looks amazing. I just don't know if I can emotionally put myself through it. Oh, yeah. I'm being serious. It does look amazing, yeah. though. And I might go see it, but I, I feel like it's the movie I'm going to cry most of the way through. I'm, I, listen, I'm mad enough to admit it, at least. Uh, also coming out this this week, She Said, or also known as Weinstein the Musical. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Diesel. Come on. Hold on. Hold on, Diesel. He's not wrong. Diesel. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. We haven't had to play the Diesel warning in a little while, but, but he's ooh, not wrong. I, listen, I never said he was wrong. Like the, the Diesel warning doesn't mean you're wrong. The Diesel warning just means that you know you're saying some shit that, that we might you know give it. So for your sake, Ron, I'll give him the. I mean, you're not wrong, but you didn't have to say it. I mean, good lord. I think that encapsulates everything we're trying to say here. Uh, so, Diesel, what else is coming out this week? Uh, the, the one I'm most excited for, and I'm not sure if it's getting a full wide release, is uh, Brendan Fraser's The Whale finally comes out. Yes, yes. And despite there's uh, some people who were not happy about that. We <laughs> talked about that in a Patreon break a couple weeks ago. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see that one, too. Uh, I'm going to see where it's coming out. Maybe we'll go see it. Yep. And then, for you horror fans, on October 14th, Halloween ends. It is coming out on Peacock, and it is also coming out on in the theaters. We are going to be going to see it in the theaters. Myself, Ron, and Ken M. from the ODPH are going to see it in the theaters on Thursday. And then next week, that is the 3FN Movie Club Review. And for the review segment of that show, Ken M. will be joining myself and Ron. We'll probably be recording that earlier before the show. So next week, 3FN Movie Club Review will be myself, Ken M., and Ron discussing Halloween ends. And yes, Diesel, he is representing you in the game so therefore if he wins you win if he loses you lose ken 69 every time i've already greased his palm so just like a friend in the family so oh, uh, what's coming out the the next week diesel and on october 21st black adam and ticket to paradise are the big movies coming out and of course black adam will be our 3fm movie club review in a couple weeks so there you have it there's the lineup for it and on top of that, all the movies that you can stand for the next two weeks in the movie theaters or on the Peacock, cock, cock, the Peacock. Diesel, that's going to bring us to this week's top three. This week's top three is your top three favorite movie duos, whether it be actors acting together or characters themselves. Actors or characters? Characters or actors? Uh, and my number three slot, this is something actually that came up in the car ride to New York Comic Con, which is kind of funny. And that would be the late, great Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. Oh, yeah. yeah. Forgot about so that. Good. And the reason it came uh, up is because in real life, they did not like each other, but they had amazing yeah. chemistry on the screen. So uh, that's my number three spot. My number two spot is also going to go to two actors and a lot of work that they did. And that would be Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. I mean, when you think about those two guys, it's peanut butter and jelly, pretty much. And they've done so much great work together. Gotta love it. That brings me to the number one. And you know what? I'm going to say it. I'm going to be the homer here. 
And I'm going to pick a horror thing. And it's only because of next week's 3FN Movie Club review. That is Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. Uh, of course, Jamie Lee Curtis. And Michael Myers changes too much because yeah. he's a stunt actor. But I, 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 as far as yeah. horror duos, I mean, listen, the only other one up there would be Ghostface and Sydney. That's mm. pretty much the only other one up there. Some people might put... Uh, Heather Heather Lane Caps, Nancy and uh, West uh, and uh, Freddy, Freddy Krueger. However, they it's only like did two movies. Well, three, three if you count, if you count if New, New Nightmare. Nightmare. But technically, really? New Nightmare is not Freddy Krueger. Yeah, and technically, it's a demon who is embodying Freddy Krueger, yeah. uh, wearing Freddy Krueger's skin, if you will, yeah, a costume. Yeah, yeah. But no, I I get I, it. I, I think that that's uh, let's be honest. Whether you like the last few movies, which I haven't. You got no, you got you got to admit that that's one of the uh, iconic duo, iconic horror duo. Yeah. Ronald, what's your top three? Uh, I'll put number three, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, because you took it as number two. And, of course, I mean, they're they're great together. Uh, they have fun, all that stuff. I'm going with uh, Will Will Ferrell and uh, John C. Riley for number two. Ooh, very good they, pick. They, they, always, they're, they're just, they just kill me every time. And just because uh, I have to, uh, Kevin Smith, Jason Mewes, Jane Silent Bob. Jane Silent <laughs> Bob, baby. I like that, it. That has to be there. I like it. Diesel. Uh, my number three is actually Ron's number two, but it's for both, both acting and characters. I'm going with Step Brothers, Brandon and uh, Dale. So, uh, yeah, there you go. But you could yeah. also say you it's know the, the same two, two characters, characters are so yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, number two, we are going to go with same vein, but not Jay and Silent Bob. We are going with Dante and Randall. Oh, okay, nice, going nice. a little bit different. All right. And then number one, kind of a cop out, but I enjoyed them together. But it's only one real person. Spoiler alert. Tyler Durden and the narrator. <laughs> nice. Ah, look at you in the cop outs. But it's true. You went all characters. Yep. See, I went all actors. You went all characters. Well, I, technically, my the two of them weren't actors, but yeah. Eh. <laughs> yeah, you know how it goes. Well, awesome. I hope that if you guys want to drop us your list, make sure you hit us up on our social medias. You can find those at 3FNPodcast.com. And after that shameless plug, we're going to take a quick break. After this break, we're going to come back with the second half of the show. In that second half, we are going to give you the 3FN movie review of the new movie Amsterdam. Right after this break. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast, and you're listening to the 3 Fat Nerds podcast. You're falling apart, and you know it. You try and try to hide it, but you show it. I need you to know, I felt it too. And I'm still trying to figure it out, just like you. Just like you. And this week we are doing the brand new film that is out in theaters now, Amsterdam. 
But before we get into the actual 3FN movie review segment, just going to give a little uh, friendly reminder to those of you who may have never uh, heard us before and this is the first time listening. Once again, thank you. Or anybody who needs the reminder, the 3FN Movie Club is separated into two portions. The first half is all spoiler-free. That means we will not give away anything in the movie. We will not talk any spoilers. It is all spoiler-free. We'll give you the synopsis. We'll give you who is in the movie. We'll give you all that great stuff. And then we'll give you a spoiler-free recommendation. All spoiler-free. Then there will be a spoiler alert. On the other side of that spoiler alert, it will be the spoiler full review. And that will go into us playing the game and then our nerd scores slash my critical score. But this week there will be no critical score because I did not get the chance to see this movie when I was in New York City because it was only showing at one time at theaters and it was too late for me to want to walk down the street the six blocks, uh, which in New York City, six blocks is about 20 minute walk mm-hmm. after I've been walking all day. so. That's why I didn't get to see it, but these two gentlemen did their due diligence. I came with all the, uh, the, the the knowledge and stuff, though. I looked up all the stuff. I'm ready to go and just kind of murk our way through it. But So this time, you'll just get the nerd scores from these two gentlemen at the end of the sh- uh, 3FN Movie Club review. With that being said, are you guys ready to kick off the spoiler-free portion? Absolutely. Amsterdam is a, in the 1930s. Three friends witness a murder, are framed for it, and uncover one of the most outrageous plots in American history. Is that a good uh, synopsis from IMDb, gentlemen? Inaccurate. Inaccurate. Yeah, okay. They didn't witness it. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that more later on. So Amsterdam was released on October 7th of 2022. Of course, that was when it was originally released, or when it was wide released. It was released the week before in bigger markets. Uh, the runtime is 134 minutes. It was directed and written by David O. Russell. David O. Russell, uh, basically, uh, he has written in all of the movies he's directed, with the exception of The Fighter. The yep. Fighter, he did not he did not write, but everything else, uh, Spanking the Monkey, Three Kings, I Heart Huckabees, Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle. So he has directed and wrote some pretty big fucking yep. movies. Uh, I find that online that there's a lot of people who either love David O. Russell or hate him. It's very controversial. Yes. Which is kind of weird being the fact that he's written so many award-winning movies and also directed those same movies. Uh, The cinematographer on this movie was Emmanuel Lubezki. Uh, By the way, some of his cinematography stuff you'd be familiar with. Reality Bites, The Birdcage, Meet Joe Black, Ali, Gravity, and The Revenant. Yep. Nice. So uh, pretty big. uh, Once again, another week where we have a gigantic... uh, uh, cinematographer, yeah. director of photography here. That's pretty awesome in its own. And let's be honest, this cast is star-studded <laughs> to the ass. Uh, it stars Christian Bale as Burt Burdenson. Uh, of course, Christian Bale has been Batman in the Dark Knight <laughs> trilogy. Uh, he's been in the Terminator. You know, Christian Bale's done everything. Yeah. You know Christian Bale. Also, you'll know his co-star, Margot Robbie, who plays Valerie Vaz. Uh Listen, Margot Robbie, Harley Quinn comes to mind first thing first. Also, a ton of other movies, uh, including The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Like, Margot Robbie is pretty much a household name, I would say, at this point in Juncture as well. As well as the other co-star, John David Washington. You know him from Tenet, Black Klansman, which I really, really yeah. enjoyed him in, and so many more. Like, once again, I'm not going to go into everybody's, like, full ones, because most of these 
characters you already know, like Anna Tyler Joy. Uh, of course, we loved her in The Northman this year, and she was in a movie that me and Diesel last year, that me and Diesel both voted as a certified nerd movie in Last Night in Soho, so we do enjoy Anna Taylor Joy. Chris Rock is Milton King, fresh off again, slapped in the face by the one and only Will Smith. That's what you probably know him for, but I always remember him for starring in a movie with my new good friend Ice-T, and that, of course, was New Jack City when he played Pookie. Uh. I go to a Rufus. I got dogma. it. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I, I'm, I'm always going to go with Pookie. Uh, by the way, is Pookie the greatest crackhead in the history of cinema? Because when I think crackheads in cinema, I think Pookie, and then I think of Samuel L. Jackson in Jungle Fever. I think you got to go Samuel L. Jackson, actually. Samuel L. Jackson does have the crack song. <laughs> if you have never heard it or never seen Jungle Fever as a Spike Lee joint, you should definitely, definitely see it. Uh, Michael Shannon's in this movie, and, and did he annoy you in this movie? Uh, spoiler free, Diesel, because I know the last Michael Shannon role we saw was in Bullet Train, and he annoyed you. Loved him in this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, if you don't know who Michael Shannon is, you, you need to get out of your home more. <laughs> so uh, take shelter, 99 Homes, Revolutionary, uh, Boardwalk Empire as far as TV shows. Shape of Water. Shape of Water, of course. In the nerd realm, we would know him for Man of Steel. Yeah. Uh, as he played Zod. Uh, Mike Myers, not to be confused with the serial killer we'll be watching for next week's 3FN Movie Club, uh, but the actor Mike Myers, uh, Paul Canterbury, and of course, uh, Austin Powers himself, Cat in the Hat. Uh, so I Married an Axe Murderer yeah. is going to be the one that's probably my favorite Mike Myers movie of all time that I'm going to review at some point in Juncture. Love Guru. Love Guru. Oh, Jesus, no. That was the one that got him out of Hollywood, remember? Yep. For a long time, he said, fuck movies. Yep. That was his Kevin Smith Red State moment. Yep. Uh, Taylor Swift's in this movie. Yep. Do you think she's going to complain about this movie like she complains about her ex-boyfriends? No. Um, stick to music, sweetheart. <laughs> the incredible, gorgeous Zoe Saldana's in this movie. Yep, yep. Of course, Gardens of the Galaxy, amongst other things. You know, you know Zoe Saldana. She's been in fucking everything now. Literally, I don't think there's there's not a, really a movie that comes out that she's not in. Yeah. It's like a horror movie without Jenna Ortega. Yeah. Does it fucking happen anymore? I'm not complaining because I love Jenna Ortega, and I actually do love Zoe Saldana. I didn't see this movie, so you'd have to let me know she's bad. Another person that's in this movie I really love, Remy Malek. Mm-hmm. So good in this movie. Dude. Great. By the way, of course, if you didn't know already, he was he played you know Freddie Mercury in the Queen movie. He also, in my, in my personal favorite role, he was the last Bond villain. Yep. Very good in that role too. Uh, I know this guy is a bit. You're a big fan of Timothy Elephant is in this movie. Right? Yep, <laughs> I didn't know that until the end. I'm not gonna lie. And 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 most recently, nerdy wise, he was in The Mandalorian season two. Yep. <laughs> and last but certainly not least of the ones because there's so many more, but I'm gonna only announce one more. There is one legendary person that we missed and haven't announced yet, and that of course is probably one of the greatest actors of all time, ladies and gentlemen. The legendary Robert De Niro is in this film as uh, General Gil Dillenbeck, and of course, if you do not know who Robin De- Robert De Niro is, I watch a movie. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, turn this podcast off. And just watch some TV for a while. Uh, if you put it on any movie channel, you are going to see at least one, probably two, probably ten De Niro films, uh, Raging Bull, Goodfellas, Casino, and those are only the Scorsese films. <laughs> uh, so it goes on and on, and we love Robert De Niro around here. Uh, well, with that, the budget of this movie was $80 million. Would you like to take a crack at how much money it's made? And we we didn't mention how much money it made this past week. But do you know how much money it's made overall? Uh, worldwide, I'm going to go 18 mil. Ronald. I'll say 22 mil. 
You would both be wrong. This movie's only made $10 million worldwide on an $80 million budget. Uh, there are some people on the internet that are very happy that this is a bomb for David O. Russell, or D-O-R, as they like yeah. to call him. Uh, so it's kind of like CPA or PTA yeah. as well, because there's everybody has three initials. It's uh, good, I guess. I don't know. Um, I enjoyed some of his other work, so I, I can't say that I'm a David O. Russell hater. That's bringing us now up to the recommendation. Remember, gentlemen, it is spoiler-free. It is thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, thumbs down. We will start with Ronald. What is your spoiler-free recommendation for Amsterdam? This is definitely a thumbs up. you got to see this movie. It's it's a fun ride. Like It is one of those rides uh, that you, you, you watch it, you come out of it, and you're just like, yeah, it was worth it. Awesome. Diesel. I'll piggyback right on that. It's a highly recommended two thumbs up. I found myself very much enjoying this movie, and when we got done with the movie, I was like, I want to watch this again. Okay. And immediately, it was like, I want to rewatch this. All right. Well, that sounds fair. Well, if you have not seen Amsterdam yet, and you do not want this movie spoiled, this is the time to pause the podcast. Go watch the movie whenever you can, and then come back and hear what we think. However, if you've already seen Amsterdam, or don't care about seeing Amsterdam, stay on board, because we're going to be entering the spoiler zone right about... Now, and we will start off with you, Diesel. Uh, what are the, what are the things that you liked about Amsterdam? Uh, quick caveat: I don't really think you can spoil this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine, but you know, uh, the reason why we call it spoilers is you don't really want to give a whole movie away to somebody who might want to see the movie. Yeah. So the way I put it, when we got out of the theater. When I was watching this movie, it's very reminiscent of The Big Lebowski. If you like The Big Lebowski, you're going to love this movie. This movie is built on absurd plot points and just gets more and more absurd as it goes on. And by the end of it, you are, how the hell did I get here? (laughs) It's a fun ride, but it is bizarre how you get from point A to point B. That being said, the acting in this movie was phenomenal. Like, everyone hit a home run with, like, I made a shitty comment earlier with Taylor Swift. She was probably the least talented actress in this movie because ugh, her character, thank God she didn't last long. Yeah, she, was, wasn't, she wasn't there long. Was rough. Um, and during the synopsis, the reason it was incorrect, the three friends did not witness a murder. Two friends witnessed a murder. And then the third got involved. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, but the acting of this movie was absolutely phenomenal. At first, it was a little over the top, but once you started getting used to that, like the old-timey feel, it was very enjoyable. Um, going back to another Coen Brothers movie, it also had a very big Oh Brother, Where Art Thou feel. Okay. Because the story that they're telling, it was very reminiscent of a different story, but you're just like, what story are they trying to tell here And th- that they're using these characters to do? And it was very well done. <laughs> Ron, uh, what's some positives you enjoyed about the movie? Yeah, like, the whole concept, you know, is out there. And, like it says, it's building on obscurities. But, like, everybody plays their roles in this movie, like, amazingly. Like, it, like you're watching everybody in every movement that they're doing. Because, like, like the unsung hero of this movie was the glass eye. Like, it's, it's a side piece through the whole movie. And, like, Christian Bale lost his eye, so he has a glass eye. But he's sitting there, like, sometimes it moves, sometimes it doesn't. So, so what you're saying is the glass eye is the bottle of water from Bullet Train. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's the Steve of bros. <laughs> okay, Steve that of bros. Too, right? <laughs> that too. That too. Okay. But, so, like, it goes through, like, and you just fought, like, because that's, like, part of the, the thing with everything. Like, when you meet 
uh, Mike Myers' character, like, it's like, oh, here, have some glass eyes. <laughs> oh, here, I brought you the new ones. Like, and then he's like, oh, thank you. Like, it's just this whole subline that is actually enjoyable through this movie. Yeah. So the basic premise is these two guys meet up during the war. They become friends. They have a pact that they'll always look out for each other. They get fucked up in battle. Um, they get nursed back to health by this American woman in this French hospital who's playing off being French. She joins into that pact. They have this great little life together for like a, like a year or so in Amsterdam. It's just having a wonderful time. Romantically, John, uh, David Washington's character and Margot Robbie's character get romantically involved, and then they're friends with uh, Bert. Bert has to go back. He's got to go see his wife, and don't go. This, this is when everything's going to go bad. They go back, and years later, you know, John David uh, Washington's a lawyer. He's a doctor. They get hired to investigate the death of their former general by the Taylor Swift character. And come to find out, it looks like the general has been poisoned. Um, they go to meet up with her again. And she's like, I, I can't I can't do this. I got to go. Winds up getting pushed in front of a truck immediately. So you get to see... T- <laughs> Kanye would be proud. <laughs> she gets blasted by this truck, just run over, and you're just like, what the shit? And then they get blamed for it by the person that actually pushed them under the truck, and you're then you get the backstory at this point after they're on the run, and you're just like, what am I watching? Because it's just like, all of a sudden, you know, like they're doing an autopsy, they're doing all this stuff. You know, Bert's character is addicted to all these weird drugs because all the pain he's gone through with the injuries. Yeah. And it just keeps building and building and building. So then you get the backstory of Amsterdam. And then through, like, the family connections and the the societal structure of, you know, New York at the time, they get questioned by the cops, and they're the number one suspect, but they have an in with the cops. So they're like, all right, you got a couple days. Get us the autopsy that proves that the father was murdered and get us the contract with the daughter so we can prove that you had no reason to kill her. So they're going off trying to meet up with the you know, higher society, and lo and behold, they find their friend from Amsterdam. And it just keeps building and getting weirder. <laughs> All of a sudden, there's four sterilization clinics. Yep. yep. There's Nazis. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it is the most absurd thing I've ever seen. And you are stuck watching this like, what is going on? Then you just start burst out laughing during the absurdity of it all. It is so hard. This is why I'm saying it's hard to like spoil anything because the entire time you watch it the first time, you're like, what is going on? <laughs> I'm enjoying what's going on. I don't know what's going on. And it finally builds up. And then you realize like there's like a, a planned coup to, to overtake FDR in the White House. And this is based on true events. The whole Amsterdam story is not true, but there is government agencies working together they're the person that they want to put in place into the coup does not want to do it and speaks out against it there's an assassination attempt and you're just like i had no idea what this movie was about and i still don't know what this movie is about (laughs) and it is great it is very much big lebowski feeling throughout the entire time and i really recommend seeing this movie because i'm not doing it justice but but there's no way to like logically work your way through this movie well maybe i'll uh go for you for your second watch if I yeah. have time this week. Yeah. So I would like to see it after that uh, yeah. review. 
well, with all that gleaming positivity and taking us through the movie, there had to be some things you didn't like about the movie. So starting with uh, Ron this time, uh, what didn't you like about Amsterdam? Uh, just like the flashbacks were fine, but they just hit, at, I think, at wrong points. Like, like, like you get the flashback of, OK, this is how the two main characters meet each other. And it's it's a black regiment like with their their generals white uh uh, Christian Bale gets sent over there because his in-law he feels his in-laws are sending him to war to die because they don't like him. Yep. So he's the the medical officer on the uh, group and the he's black, like, br- the uh, black yeah, regiment. The black regiment and that's how they meet and they're like and they basically are like okay, you know, they make that pact and that's where it starts. And it's fine and it, you need that backstory, I get it, but it's just like some of the points they're just like okay, here's here's Taylor Swift getting killed. And then here's the history on why they met. Like I just think the, the some of the flashbacks the, were placed. The, wrong. the beats were wrong. Yeah, yeah. but okay. that's just my take on it. That's just how I feel. But you still needed the information, right? So like they could have done it in a different order. Yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. That, yeah. that's, that's really all I got out of it. Diesel, yeah, out. when they're on the run, it kind of freeze frames on him, and you're just like, Did the theater just fuck up. But no, it's they freeze frame for a purpose, and there's like there's a, yeah. the monologue saying, "All right, let, let's go back." I actually enjoyed it. So what Ron's negative was actually a positive for me. I actually enjoyed how they did the flashbacks. It was a little weird, but this had weird feelings all over it. Right. I, I can understand. Yeah. Um, my one negative, seriously, was only Taylor Swift was really bad. Everybody else knocked it out of the park. Um, I really don't have much bad to say about this movie. Yeah. Like The way it looked was great. The, the score was fine. Like It looked beautiful. It was shot beautifully. Like. I really enjoyed yeah. this. <laughs> Christian Bale was amazing in this movie, yeah. like because he, he's he has back problems, so he has a harness on, and just whenever whenever he's in modern times, he's just hunched over, and I'm just like, dude, and he didn't miss a beat about it. Like there was never any time when he was in the modern telling of the story that he wasn't hunched over. Like he must have had that back back brace on through that whole movie when he was doing those scenes, just so he knew like, okay, I'm I got this back brace on because he, it looked like he wore that thing all yeah. the time through. Like you saw it in the back of the shirt sticking out, you saw it, like, and even when he had the jackets on, like, and he's always hunched and walking, like he's like, he's hurt, and it's just like, damn. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Michael Myers was <laughs> fantastic. Michael Shannon, one of the few times where I'm just like, dude, this guy's awesome. Yeah. They play these, you know, ones, you know, uh, essentially MI6 ones. Uh, tax, so T- I, like, yeah, I not like, IRS, but uh, Secret Service, more like, yeah. and they're just working together. Well, that's like, where they're pretending to be a glass company. That's where the glass eyes come in, yeah. and then the other one was a paper company. Ah, okay. <laughs> and, they, and he even Christian Bell even hits it on that. He's just like, I get it, glass, and he does the whole quotation yeah. marks thing. And the- yeah, that's funny. <laughs> uh, I, once again, I want I do want to correct you. It's Mike Myers. He will he will absolutely have a shit fit if he ever called heard you hear, call him Michael. No. He does not like being called Michael Myers, probably because of the movie. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm being serious. Yeah. Like that's one of the things he's very adamant about. You don't need him to go all Kanye on you, Diesel. <laughs> Calm oh, it down over here. Oh, that's how I get famous. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's easier ways to get famous than pissing off Mike Myers these days. Well, <laughs> if that is all you gentlemen have for the likes and dislikes and your little uh, spoiler full, if you will, review. It's so hard to do this. Yes. Justice. Yes. Uh, that means there's only uh, one thing it could mean, and we're moving right on to... Time to play the game. Time to play the game! <laughs> that is right, it is time to play the game in Diesel. 
has been so close yet so far away. So many weeks in a row. Last week, he finally defeated Ron. Can he continue this streak going in? Because he would like to have the win streak going into Ken M taking his spot next week. However, maybe he can. Maybe he can't. We'll find out momentarily. The game is played simply like this. It is price, or right, price is right rules. That means that it's the closest to the number without going over. Gets the point. Uh, if you get three out of five, you win. Although, if uh, there's a tie for some reason, we do have a tiebreaker where the tiebreaker is the closest to the number, period. And if we have to make shit interesting, we will because we, we, we can do that. And I can change the rules on the fly because I made up this damn game. <laughs> Gentlemen, are you ready to play the game? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Ron, you get to go first. This is a unique spot for you in the last few months, yeah. being first. Yeah, a few weeks. How was it? Yeah, no, he he only took it back last week, but you were yeah. like in charge for like the last month and a half. Yeah, it's maybe. been kind of kind of crazy. All right, you go first as you're the challenger. IMDb out of ten using points. What did they give Amsterdam? Eight. Diesel. I want to say higher, but I think there's enough uh, David O. Russell haters out there. We're gonna go with a five. Five for Diesel. Eight for Run and. Diesel gets the point, 6.2 out of 10. Next up would be Metacritic. This is critics only, Diesel. Out of 100%, what did they give Amsterdam? 65. Run. 72. And... Wow. 47% on Metacritic. Haters. Dude, this movie is way better than that, guys. Like, (laughs) seriously. Next up is Rotten Tomatoes. Critic score first. Out of 100%, Ron, what did Rotten Tomato, Tomatoes critics give it? 62. Diesel. God damn it. You're, you're not you're... reflecting me. I'm not, I'm not going one over. I'm going under. I'm going 40. 40. 62. 34%. You should have won Rotten Tomatoes critic score. <laughs> you should have won one. You're winning this. I'm pissed right Dude, now. Critics, critics hate this movie. I don't know why. Next up, Rotten Tomatoes. Fan score. Diesel out of 100%. What did the Rotten Tomatoes fans give? Amsterdam. 72. Ron. Fuck you. One. Ron gets the point to tie the game. 60% on Rotten Tomatoes fan score. (laughs) That brings us to the tiebreaker. It's 1-1. So instead of somebody getting three right, we're only going to have two. two. It's going to be closest to the number. And it, of course, is the Google users. And Ron, since you're the challenger, you're in a unique position here. You get to go first. Or no, no, Diesel gets to go first. first. Sorry, the challenger gets to go second, so you get to fuck with his number. I forgot about that. Diesel, Google users. It's the first week. Haters. Oh, 85. Oh, that's low. Ron. That's low. Oh, is it? (laughs) Yeah, that's low. It's either 84 or 86, Ron. God, I want to say 84, but every time I do, it's always higher. I'm going 84. Every time I go one lower, it's always higher, but I'll, I'll do it this time for you. 85 for Diesel, 84 for Ron. So if it's higher than 84, Diesel wins. If it's lower than 84, Ron wins. And the winner is... And new champion, Ron. Google users gave this 60%. Or, sorry. 67%. Damn. Damn. 67. This movie, you guys are the only two people I've heard that like this movie, according it, to the internet. It's a it's a fun watch. It's, it's solid. Really and the acting is amazing in this movie. Like, everybody hits their points. Like, 
they even show a little bit of the actual press conference at the end of the real thing and Robert De Niro giving the same press conference at the same time. Side by side. Side by side. It was amazing. Like, it's a solid movie. Like, it is a big Lebowski film. Gotcha. But, like, this is this is one of those films that if later down, later down, it's going to get a call. I was going to say, that, that might be the case here because Big Lebowski notoriously didn't yeah. do well in the theater as well. It became a cult movie. Yeah. So... It, Take your notions about David Russell aside. If you enjoy Coen Brothers movies, you'll enjoy yeah, this movie. Yeah, that, that, that's actually accurate. I didn't think about that. I almost said uh, I was going to offer you to use my angry rant uh, music, but <laughs> it sounds like you're a little bit better off right now. <sighs> you were getting real angry for a minute. I was. But you lost your championship, so maybe Ken <laughs> M can win the championship back for you next week. 69%, Ken. I would, I, I'm going to say this. Ken, do not listen to what Diesel says, because I'm going to probably promise you the Halloween is going to be far, far lower than 69%. And Ron's going to guess lower than that, and he's going to win. Because, let's be honest, after Halloween kills, all bets are fucking off. This movie can't be good. Yeah, well, we'll find out on Thursday. Well, with that being said, we are now finally to the nerd score. And, of course, these two gentlemen are going to give you their nerd scores for Amsterdam. But you need to know the nerd scale first. So, simply put, it's a five-point scale. On the point scale... The way we come up with the points is is three parts. One part of your vote is for the movie and critical review. Another part of the point is for how entertaining it was. So sometimes if a movie isn't critically good, in your own opinion, but it was super entertaining, you could give it more points on the nerd scale. And of course, last but certainly not least, is it's a recommendation. So this is kind of us offering you our recommendation on a five-point scale. Here's how it works. One is called no. That means this movie is terrible. You should never watch it. Two is You've Been Warned. That means it's not quite terrible, but it's also not good. It is subpar. It is below average, so you've been warned. Three is, ah, it's good. That means that it's an average to good film. It's not ground-shaking. It's not earth-shattering. You don't have to run right out to see it. But at the same time, if it's on in the background or you get a chance to see it, you're not going to be mad about it, but it's not going to uh, be essential, if you will. A four is just take my money. These are the essential films. These are the good, the very good to great films that you should probably watch. Maybe watch multiple times. You can feel free to add them to your collection and spend money on them. Hence why it's called just take my money. And last but certainly not least is the rarefied air of all. And that is Certified Nerd. That's the five spot. And those are the classics. Those are movies like Jaws, Jurassic Park, the original Halloween. Now, you notice I said that now because <laughs> next week I can promise you Halloween ends will not be in the five spot. I have no faith in that. I'm not saying that I'm going in without a... Uh, I'm not saying I'm going in already expecting that it's going to be bad. I'm just saying that I know it's not going to be a five. Is <laughs> all I'm saying. It's going to be a six. We got to create a new category. Yeah. Better than the best. <laughs> Better, better than the best. You know, if we were gonna, if we were actually going to do that, we could just, you know. I give it a uh, a ten, a ten, a fucking ten. Although, in all realities, Halloween ends is gonna be minus five stars. But anyways, the five spot is saved for that. And this year already, we've had a few certified nerds. One of them was Spider Man No Way Home. The Batman hit that, and also uh, Clerks Three. Hit that as well. By the way, that, when we say the ones that are that, we go with the ones that were unanimous. All three of us said it. Some have been just one of us or two of us. As you recall, when we talked about Anna Taylor-Joy, I said myself and Diesel gave that as, as uh, last name Soho a certified nerd because Ron gave it a just take my money. That's fine. I'm just saying that we only count the ones that are unanimous on the pedestal. Ronald, it is your turn to give your nerd score and why. 
All right. I'm going to say this now. I'm definitely going against the internet. I'm giving this five. Whoa! You need to see this movie. It is solid. I like talking about it. And like Diesel said, we walked out of that movie theater. We we really pondered about going back in and watching it back to back. Like that's serious. Like we had that thought for a minute. And you know, obviously because I work early was the only reason why I said no. But it's it's a solid movie. The acting is amazing in it. The cinematography is amazing in it. It is one of the you know if you like the Big Lebowski, you're gonna enjoy this movie. And that's why you know it may not be hitting it now, but I can see it being a cult classic later in life. Right on. Diesel, what is your nerd score yeah, for this, Amsterdam? This movie is only going to appreciate over time. Rewatchability is super high, I believe. This movie was great. I also give it a five. This was not just a movie. This was a piece of art. Wow, both of you are certifying this nerd. We can't give it the full trifecta because I haven't seen it yet, but I will see it just so that way. <laughs> and we will let you know at a further date and time if uh, we give it the full, the full certified nerd based upon that well gentlemen that brings us to the end of the road on this week's 3fn movie club review remember next week we will be joined by ken m from the odph to uh on the 3fn movie club review for halloween ends and then the week after that we are going to be reviewing black adam for the 3fn movie club review so those are the next two weeks so you guys are in step now it's time to pay some bills, Diesel. It's time for some shameless plugs. That means if you hear my voice, you know how to find us. But do your friends know how to find us? Do their friends know how to find us? It's simple. You type in 3FN podcast into any podcast provider. And booyah, Kasha, there we are. While you're there, you might as well smash that follower subscribe button so the show gets delivered to you automatically each and every week. And if you've done all of those things and you have not yet rated the show, would you mind give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcatcher? Because uh, it only takes you a little bit of time and it's absolutely free, but it means the world to us. And we're also on Facebook. Type in that search bar, 3FN Podcast. There you're going to find us. You're going to like our page. You're going to comment, rate, review. Help us spread the word of nerd. We are also on Twitter and TikTok at 3FN Podcast. And we are on Instagram at 3FN Pod. And remember, for all the social medias, use the hashtag 3FN Pod whenever talking about the show. And if you need to email us, hatred, whatever, you just want to talk to us. If you listen to our Patreon break, we had a question for you. 3FatNerdsPod at gmail.com. That's uh, speaking of Patreon. That's what's up next, because if you would like to support the show monetarily for as little as $1 a month and get a ton of extra bonus content, you can do that at Patreon, patreon.com slash 3FN podcast to be exact. Trust me, you're not going to want to miss it. You get the 3FN podcast and it's early and you get it uncut and uncooked every week, which means there's extra segments just for the patrons. It's amazing. It's awesome. Plus, you get the uh, Patreon exclusive shows, including, including diesel and myself for 3fn after dark and then myself and ron for we love movies and you get 3fn after dark twice a month once a month for we love movies you're gonna want to check that out for as little dollars a month and you can help support everything we do here at 3fn podcast patreon.com slash 3fn podcast h t t p colon backslash backslash 3fn p o d c a s t Dot com. That's right, 3FNpodcast.com for all three things 3FN. You can go there and find the page for the 3FN podcast. You can find the page for 607TWS. You can also find the links for all our social medias, the Patreon, the T Public Store. The link is up there as well. There's the Twitch channel link. There's friends of the show like the ODPH. Click right on over there and get in, in touch with them as well, especially if you want to find out more about the comic side of things from New York Comic Con. 
Then there's the musical directory, where our friends like shout out the robots who let us use their music for the show so we can get it copyright free every week exist. There's their links there. Also, Floodlands, Tom Jolu, Second Suitor, the Phosphines from Melbourne, Australia, and the Jasons from West Virginia. We thank all of them and make sure you're supporting them on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. And last but certainly not least, there's the local sponsors who help bring the show to you for free with no commercials each and every week. And of course, we're going to give them a shout out because of that right now. First of all, the people who provide us with the 8122 Production Studios, Dragon Master Games, located at 1235 Upper Front Street in Binghamton, New York. For all your Magic Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, DragonMasterGames.com. Also, if you're in the 607 or passing through the 607 and you want to find out what's going on in the shop, make sure you uh, follow them on Facebook, Dragon Master Games. And thank you to Rex to Rod's Auto Detailing. Look at it, 2004 North Street in Endicott, New York. To call for an appointment, call 607-644-3389. When you're ready to put the pride back in your ride, don't forget to tell them the three fat nerds sent you. Ronald! Two out of ten stars. Read the books. Boring movies. I was looking forward to the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I went to the cinema to see this one, and boy, what a letdown. <clears throat> the effects are good, but that's about it. The story moves at a snail's pace, and the overacting is annoying. Very annoying. I felt the director was all about visual instead of giving depth to the story. I got bored, if I'm honest. It was way too long and not true to the books. Hollywood guff. Two out of ten stars. Lord of the Rings just sucks, people. All right. With that being said, that brings us to the end of the show. And thank you for tuning in. Hopefully you enjoyed the opinions and were entertained during the show. We'll be back next week when we give you the 3FN Movie Club review of Halloween Ends with special guest Ken M. from the ODPH podcast. Until then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later, nerds. Later. Hollywood guff. That's my new alter ego. Lord of the Rings just sucks people.